Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've stuffed ourselves with Christmas dinner, Christmas football, and probably things that we shouldn't be stuffing ourselves with. But we're back. We've had a month off. This is episode 26 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Ah, I think Christmas is still hung over with certain members of the PNLP gang tonight because it's only Trev and Chris with me tonight. Gaz is blaming internet again, that, that old excuse, and Pete's blaming. I reckon he's watching Man United. That's yeah, very true, yeah, very true. That's what yeah. Ian used to do, wasn't it, with Brighton? He claimed yeah. he couldn't get on her when he was on it. He used to say, and when we looked, I can't get on, I'm working. But then we saw Brighton were playing conveniently. And uh, Pete blaming the mother-in-law, which normally he likes to slag off half the time. So, you know... We, we can't judge on this podcast, guys, but um, <laughs> Chris and Trevor, it's lovely to be back on the air after about a month off and a, a lovely festive period. Firstly, did you have a nice Christmas? That's what the most important thing is. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, your matching pyjama set that you did get a bit of abuse on, but I thought it was quite cute and I enjoyed it. I think I was the only one stuck up for you. So if you're ever horrible to me this year, I'll just remind you of that. All right. <laughs> I'll never be horrible. Saying that, though, he looks like he's escaped from prison right now with his striped pyjama set. So, you know, his black and white stripes there. <laughs> It's too much for Geordie, Newcastle. It's made in Arabic countries. It's actually navy blue and royal blue. Oh, oh, we're not starting one of those conversations again that has on social media. What colour is this when it's an orange dress and someone says it's green or something like that? I would never wear it. Never ever. <laughs> and uh, just before you uh, you joined in the call tonight, Chris, uh, Trev was feasting on his one kilo bag of M&Ms. I am very jealous because I'm back on the keto again. So, uh, Trev, nice Christmas. I, I hear your daughters were feasting on them before you, though. Yeah, yeah, one of them was. One of them likes them. So does a girlfriend as well. But um, they're staying right here in my flat. They're not going around to their house. Are they peanut or are they, cri- or are they uh, biscuit? Peanut. 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 Oh, chocolate, not biscuit. Biscuits in America. I think the I brownie ones are nice. You tried them. Mate, I can't right now. All these things, all these temptations over Christmas, and I've just I've been a very good boy, and I've actually not put any weight on over Christmas. I'm very. Happy. I'll see if I can get a packet for the next podcast, and just so you can see what you just so what live live uh, action crispy M and M's brownie flavored. Yeah. Um, that could be one of your next podcasts or live live interview. Just Trevor sitting on webcam for an hour, like eating M and M's. I'm sure there's some kink out there. I'm sure if you found <laughs> not for me, only no, only, really only, me. only fans, PNLP only fans. That that'd be a way to raise some money this year. <laughs> <laughs> before we go down that long dark dirty path but hey um so christmas um i know that trev you managed to get to quite a few games over the christmas period what what ones did you manage to go and see i made a few i had a few washed out as well and obviously there was a few um covid ones but none that hit mine i managed uh standing in east preston on the tuesday after christmas which was um a free entry game which finished one all uh, then I was going to go to Chichester on the Thursday evening against Burgess Hill, but that got washed out. Um, so the next one was uh, Sunday after New Year, which was Borehamwood and Barnet, which was nil-nil. Um, and then Hungerford on the Monday, which was 3-0 to Hungerford against Hampton and Richmond Borough. 
Good um good standard of football over the Christmas period then? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> um well standing and standing in East Preston, standing around a bit of a are having a rough year, East Preston having a, a rough year, and I think um uh a draw was probably a fair result. Um Stenning probably had the better chances, but didn't work the East Preston goalkeepers. I couldn't say they deserved to win it, and East Preston didn't create enough. Um, Barnet and Boreham Wood was painful. Uh, it, it, it depends. It depends boring which, Wood, as you say. Yeah, Boring Wood, as we call them as, as Bees fans. Um, it depends which way you look at it. I mean, neither side have played the three weeks, um, which, which in fact, the last game was, was an FA Trophy game between the two because of COVID. Um, so, you know, both sides were a bit rusty for, you know, three weeks without a game. But on the flip side of the coin, Bournemouth haven't lost at home. They've only lost two games all season. So on the on the face of it, nil-nil is a, a good result. It's a decent point. But um, I got football to be entertained. And the fact we tried to match up with them and it worked, but nullified ourselves at the same time, I didn't really didn't enjoy it. Um, and then Monday at Hungerford was was really good. They are playing some good stuff. They've got a small budget um, and, you know, uh, not so not so big attendances as quite a lot of the sides in and around them in the in the National League South. Um, but they played some really nice stuff. I was surprised to see them lose at Tunbridge on um, Saturday. Yeah, because Tunbridge are quite an underperforming team, aren't they, normally? Yeah, nine times yeah out of Tunbridge ten. are struggling. A, a but you have bit. those games, don't you? But I know that... I don't know the bloody end of it, but your bloody obsession with that burger. <laughs> oh, mate, that, that burger. But right, right, tell me about it. So I know, right, we, we ripped uh, Trevor Little, well, I ripped Trevor Little, but it's make it look like Instagrammable. He's like put it on a, a a concrete pillar and like got the pitch in the background in the stand and he's like zoomed in on it. So it's a bit, it's a bit faded in the background, but nice and crisp in the front of the image. So a burger is a burger, mate. What, what made this one special? Why were you so keen on trying it for the people that don't know? Just we were trying to get footy scrans on to talk about it because, but unfortunately, yeah. he hasn't been, and well, that's what you were featured on. But what is it? Because we've seen so many weird and wonderful things at games. It's just a burger, mate. Just literally because some of the places you can go to, the food is dire. Um, mm. I'll take Borenwood as an example. <laughs> sure, on... sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Bob Borenwood as an example on the Sunday. Um, one of my mates had a burger, didn't look that fantastic, and um, he bought me a, a, a hot dog just to like. As I uh, as I'd arrived, it wasn't a proper sausage. It was more one of those Frankfurt things. You Do you get think it was out of one of those big like metal cans that they've like yeah. just poured into yeah. boiling water? Yeah. yeah, and to be honest, it was as bland as anything. Um, but this burger has been doing the rounds on Twitter, and this is going back a long few months. Um, Hungerford big it up themselves, um, and it looks like a decent burger. Um, and I enjoy I mean, it, it did look know. nice, yeah. Yeah, nice. and a cheeseburger when I got football is all I want. If I can get, you know, you get chips with it and whatnot, great. But a burger's what I've always done when I've gone to football. So, and I looked at it and thought, right, I'll go. Then, of course, they did that offer, which we put on here, they're four for a score. You yes. know, their £20 gets you in, gets you food, gets you a pint and a programme. You know, it cost me 20 quid on its own just to get into Borenwood. And I got all that for 20 quid the following day. So well, I'm pausing like, you there. I think that's like, you know, what a lot of clubs are missing out on. I know we talked about it before, you know, all that for a score is you get a program, a burger, a beer and entrance yeah. for 20 quid. I yeah. mean, right now at Worthing, it's 12 quid to get in. I'm sure if we get promoted this season, it'll probably go up to at least 15 quid. Yeah. Um, 
obviously we've spoken on here before and I've had my own beef with Worthing about the price of beers. You know, most of them are around the 450 mark. So already for 20 quid, you're only getting entrance in a beer. Program two quid, maybe it will go up to 250. Burgers and food, probably you're looking at 25, 26, 27 quid. So to, I know Worthing might look at it in a thing that they don't need to attract more fans, but they're more money, more thing. And I think if they are getting that deal, 20 quid, the amount of money they'd make and maybe they'd be able to offer a better thing. Was it a certain amount of pints you'd get or could you have any pint or was it like a certain range of pints? I don't know. Or... I, I, I actually didn't go into the bar, but um, I, I, it's a pint or a soft drink. So I'm assuming whatever they've got on tap, um, you know, you have a soft drink instead. Um, so, but I mean, when you get there, the chairman greets you on the gate. That's excellent. That. With the tokens, you know, you think, you know, I mean, as I wrote in my blog, you can't see Tony Glanthouse doing that bar. And, it's and just remember, it. that's this is a National South Club, isn't it? Yeah, this is National South. And then you get to the tea bar and Patrick, the chairman's wife, Nikki, is serving the food and she doubles as a commercial manager as well. So you got both the two of them there, you know, there, right at the forefront of the club. Um, but anyway, going back to the burger... Honestly, top draw, absolutely top draw. I mean, I stuck it on Twitter as well, and I think I can't remember exactly, but I've had something like 245,000 impressions just on that burger tweet, yeah. and that's like that's mental. I'm not being funny, but um, you know, I don't, I, I haven't sort of often taken note of like what what people look out of mine on Twitter, yeah. and what you know, um, yeah, he's normally obsessed with you know, his blog blog listings I, no, I mean look at that you've got 35,000 uh, viewers this year and you've got um, one tweet you've like that, all right, 36 whatever last year 2021 and you've done I'm, one I'm tweet and you've got 200 what 250,000 where's my bubbles well I can't virtually send you <laughs> bubbles can I you have to actually make an no, effort to see but me any, but anyway yeah the burger was it was really good um, little, I mean Little Hampton Town do do a very good burger um, I mean if Gaz was here he'd back me up as well he goes to football, you know, for a burger or whatever's, you know, good to go. Um, and there are some clubs that, that dish up some really nice stuff. And there's some that, I mean, some of the stuff I've seen on Twitter in some of the premiership clubs, oh, yeah. you think, my but, life. But I mean, it, move, it moves us on really to think like, you know, I, is this a thing that non-league clubs could and should look at to try and get people along? Because we've seen, like, it's a shame. I've tried to get this account at Footy Scrans on he was going to come on, but, you know, he got sort of, he got too busy. I think his account's kind of blown up over the last couple of months. So, you know, fair play to him. Maybe one day we'll get him on. But you look at some of the things that like one of the things that I first noticed and what really drew me to attention of food at non-league football ground was Reading City Football Club. And they had, you know, a token pizza box full of Chinese, like, uh, hors d'oeuvres, as you'd say. So I think it had some chicken wings it had some spring rolls it had some chips it had some like satay chicken it had uh, and all in a box of some seaweed and it, that that's at a football ground hmm. i mean that to me is crazy uh, a few grounds i think brightling sea in worthing's league in the ismian premier they do they give the players a curry and i think it's the local curry house that comes and does it and that's interesting Chertsey, uh when we played them in the trophy this season they ordered in from pizza hut or Domino's, which i thought was weird unless they got a sponsorship deal because they had about 15 pizzas delivered and you know you know how much a Domino's is and you know a thing like that so unless they've got a sponsorship deal going on I don't know and I've heard that apparently some other non-league clubs have deals with takeaways and they give the food for free for a sign at the side of the pitch but do you think guys that like you know Worthing for example I, I don't often eat there because I think the food you know it's my own club I love the club but I think it's quite boring and you know the, the girls that work there you can't question them they're brilliant girls they work hard but the food is just boring, bacon rolls, burgers and cheese. And Trev, you often have one at Worthing. And I think you could probably say it's just an average burger, and it? it's nothing special. It's just for multi-pack. But this, could this be a way of attracting more fans? Yes. Oh, well, 
I mean, I think from last year, one of the big things about um, non-league fans not being in grounds and that, the problem was the secondary spend where yeah. you couldn't have a bar open and you couldn't, um, you know, and you, and you couldn't have tea huts and all that open and everything. And that's the that was the big thing beyond once you've got people in that gate, you want to capture that extra, you know, you, you know, if you've given them discounted entry as well, you want them to spend that money they've saved on your food or in your bar. And I think it's, I think it's something that nearly every club can do better on, um, yeah. you know, and I think it's, it's have they got the oomph and the urge to want to go and do it? You know, you've got those people in there, mm. you know, make the most of, you know, so, so it's almost like having a, you know, a corner shop or a supermarket. You've got people in there because you've got a snazzy advert or something, but when they get inside the shop, there's no deals or anything. So yeah. you've got to do, you know, and I think because, you know, we've seen quite a resurgence with the amount of people that are going and watching non-league games as well. You've got a captive audience at the moment. Make the most of it. Yeah. yeah. Speaking from a northeast perspective, um, for instance, South Shields, um, it's very well known as the curry cap curry capital of of northern England. You know, other Shields than, is other than Bradford, Ocean Road in South Shields is the curry capital of the north. Um, and while it's difficult to do, you know, curries on match days, we do have a good relationship with one particular restaurant. But there's another two businesses in South Shields that are hugely, hugely popular. Um, Dixon's Butchers, Pork Butchers, who have branches all over the northeast, but they're from South Shields, and Minkella's Ice Cream. And um, both businesses now have some of their goods on sale on match days. So what good today. So obviously the ice cream's obvious, but what, what do the pork butchers do? Is it please tell me it's yeah. not a pulled pork or a hog roast? No, it's it's actually a Savaloy dip. Um like, Interesting. At, least did, at least they did. I mean, the Savaloy dip is a, it's a local delicacy and um, it's peas pudding, stuffing, all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's just hugely popular. So the club have thankfully embraced the businesses. The, the businesses have thankfully embraced the club. So you've got this thing going on. The club also um, have Sam's Deli who provide most of the food and they do the Sunday lunches at the club now as well so basically it's like a franchise deal okay so those people who are big fans of Sam's Deli now go for Sunday lunch at the football club that'd um, be good and a lot of their food is on sale on on match days they provide the corporate meals as well so when I went to of- uh, Charlton Middlesbrough game in the FA Cup up at the Riverside, God, it must have been about 15 years ago, we walked past a roast potatoes and gravy stand outside the stadium. Is that something that's a northeast sort of special or is that just a Middlesbrough thing? No, years and years and years and years ago, uh, traditionally, there used to be hot potato um, barrows, well, like horse and cart type thing. They used to get hot potatoes when people came out of the pictures on a, on a cold night. Hmm. The, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, potato sellers. Um, the chestnuts down this end. Yeah, <laughs> in, in Teesside, in Teesside, where you say Middlesbrough, um, the Teesside, Cleveland area, um, Parmos, Parmesans hmm. are massively, massively popular. Is that um, the is that the sort of breaded chicken with uh, cheese on top and? Probably, I've no idea. I don't like 
Parmesan. So when someone said Parmo, it just puts me off straight away. But they're hugely, hugely popular. Um, and so there's the clubs, you know, down that end. Do Some of them do sell them. So there's always ways of mean. Always ways of mean. It makes you think, though, doesn't it? You know, you look at the... it's We're living in an Instagram generation. Trevor's just proved with a tweet how many impressions he's got from one tweet of a burger. You think this is... Oh, the hunger for burger. That's what Trevor said on this tweet. Something like the hunger for burger, worth it for the journey or something like that. You have to think all these clubs, it's just it, all it takes is one person. You know, someone, you know, we, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, I'm sure you guys find them as detestable as I do. But these influencers that just literally live off like freebies and stuff, but you get someone that's got a few thousand followers on there, tweets it, oh, wow, what's that? Well, the Worthing have got the Worthing Seaside Burger or something like that, or, you know, something that's a little bit different. And you get a load of think you get, you maybe, there might be foodie, like people probably go footy um only scrans and stuff or uh, footy scrans whatever it's called and go around the country maybe trying football things out so you know imagine you said that pork guy imagine if they did like a hog roast on a match day i mean that would be so popular a nice like apple uh sauce and like in a nice bread roll with hot like uh pork on it i mean you look you see them all the time at like you know bonfire night and you see things like that but imagine doing something like that at a football ground crispy crackling something like that oh god it's making me hungry now yeah i've just had roast pork for dinner to be fair yeah, South Shields did the cob on the time recently. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, cob on the yeah, time. Yeah. So you're you're a Chris for, for South Shields like efforts. Are you quite impressed with what they do to try and get the sort of food out there, or do you think they could do better? I'm impressed, but it can be better. As yeah. it you know, if you just say, "Well, what we've got's good enough," you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been complaints about the speed of service. Yeah. you know, and that the, the problem is at the moment because of the 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 new stand not still not being complete. The actual ability to, to get things out quicker isn't quite there yet. So while you're getting crowds of 2,000, 2,300, people have to be aware that there's only so there's only so much people can do. And it'll get better when the new stands open, when there's more outlets, more kiosks. So the, the club have got work to do. There's no doubt about that. Um, but the ideas are there and the, and the efforts there. So... There's where there's a will, there's a way. As far as I'm concerned, if clubs want to just think outside the box slightly, people will go for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think everyone needs like a whacking great gourmet range, but no. whatever they choose to do, just do it well. Yeah, you know, get the best you can and push it. Don't you know? I mean, everyone's you know, social media again. You know, as we just said with the you know the the picture of the burger and that. You know, you get your whatever your price point out and everything. You know, put your food up there, put your bits up there, showcase what you've got. You know, you've got a plastic pitch, you put that on there and, you know, the, you know, mm-hmm. we can we can hire that out and everything. If you don't push these things, then, you know, you're missing, you are, you know, this year, I think in, 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 in for definite with the, you know, issues we had last year of not being able to watch many games, you're missing a trick. You really are. Well, it's like you said, I love that fog on, uh, cob on the time. Cob on the time, a great, yeah. A great yeah. play on words play for on a local words, sort exactly, of thing. Yeah. But, you know, you know look, look where Worthing is. Just like she was on the coast, you know, yeah. fish and chips on the south coast is a big thing. Why not have, like, little fish goujons and chips? Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. hard to do. They no, need a deep fat fry. They have, ch- have chips anyway. Put them in a cone. Have yeah. some, not, not just pre-frozen from Iceland, but get some proper batter, little fish slices, dip in three or four fish slices with that buzzing like that could be worth in specialty you, you know you go to one of the restaurants down the seafront you know get them involved get yeah. them doing it you know well, all of a well we're called the mackerel man maybe we should do deep fried mackerel well yeah exactly <laughs> but again yeah you know play on words do it it's it's just having that extra you know go that extra bit do it 
and get people in on well, it. As my wife once in. said to me when like I started obviously getting into Nonley, she goes, Oh, what Worthing, three fishes on a shirt. Is that their song? Three fishes on a shirt, a clown the <laughs> England song. Could be, <laughs> could be. Get to the FA Cup, re-release it, three fishes on a shirt. Adam Hinchelwood still dreaming. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it, you know what? I I I look forward to the fact because I I really genuinely don't really eat on a match day because, you know, I, it takes me back kind of when I was going to Cholton a lot when I was a bit younger and uh, I I used to always go to this burger van outside the ground and as you did just get a burger before the game and I'm not no word of a lie and I'm not trying to put people off at dinner but you can imagine it just went straight through and I've never been interested since because you think you're at a football game. <laughs> And you're running down to the toilet, which is embarrassing anyway. You don't really want to go for a number two at a football ground, but you couldn't stop going down. And this is when I was playing the drums with Charlton. So it wasn't really great when I'm sort of stopping drumming and running down to the toilet every sort of 10, 15 minutes because of some dodgy. It had to be the dodgy burger. Well, it could be a dodgy drumstick pot. up there, plug the up. Yeah, yeah, that would be good to plug it up. It had, it had like a sort of fur thing on the end. So it could have been used as a sort of plug. Um, but, or it could have been a dodgy pipe down the pub. But, you know, I think it'd be an interesting thing. Like, And I'd like to see if Worthing get promoted into the National South, which so far so good. And we'll touch on that in a bit with the sort of way it's gone. I'd like to think maybe because the committee, to be fair, the management committee are looking at all different ways of raising money. And I think I think for the moment with Worthing is the actual catering facilities are not great. And they have spoken to us fans about it, how they can improve, because there's too much on a match day in terms of getting a halftime pint, getting a burger. It's just too long. And they've, to be fair to the chairman, Barry, he's been really good. And he's asked us fans like, after the game, like, what would you do? And like we've said, you know, you need to get some more toilets in because people are getting annoyed at having to like queue for ages, missing half. A lot of people you hear, I can't be asked to get a pint at half time because the queue is so long. So these things are being looked at and hopefully they might look at the catering option. But it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, over the things and, you know, maybe they'll start looking at other options. And, you know, I think I think we'll go through a time now that a lot more clubs will be doing this because you can see the traction it makes on social media. If it means that a club gets 10 more fans just because of a burger, that's maybe a hundred quid into the pocket of the club, just like that for one tweet. So I'll give you another mm-hmm. thing as well that I've spotted today. And it, it's not food related. Just about you saying about gaining extra fans and that, you know, the uh, bunch of amateurs uh, documentary that's about Dorking Wanderers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen about four or five people today that have been watching it and are now contemplating driving one of them, a six hour round trip just to go and watch Dorking because he's watched it in his yeah. documentary and he's suddenly, oh, you know, I, I like a bit of that. You know, same thing happened with the burger. I wouldn't have even yeah. dreamed or thought of going to Hungerford, but that's brought me into it. But then it's everything else they do yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. as as a small, tight-knit outfit, you know, and, 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 and that, you know, you know, fair play to them. And I'm sure they won't mind me saying they're punching well above their weight. You know, last last week's win put them into the playoffs zone. They've dropped just back outside again, having lost on Saturday. But there's clubs up there well that, up are, there, yeah. you know, yeah, are attracting, you know, double three, four times to support their game. You know, they're doing fantastically well. Well, Trev, you do say that, though. And, you know, at the end of the day, I went yesterday to... Um... Uh, Charlton versus Red, uh, Reading, sorry, Norwich in the FA Cup. And um, one of my mates was talking because he knows I obviously like into my non league, and he was saying, obviously, he knows Dawkins quite near me. And he's got into that, and he said he's a seriously considering because. It, as a Charlton fan, as I'm sure you know, you get very frustrated. <laughs> it's like, you know, for the results on the pitch and all the behaviour off the pitch, you get very frustrated being a Charlton fan. And he said he's seriously, he only lives in South London. He said he's seriously considering going to see Dorking because Mark and that and on there, and Mark White and all that, and, you know, this bunch of amateurs thing, he's actually really got into it. Now, I find, I find it interesting, but I also find the documentary very cringe. But, you know, it's attracting people along to the games. Fair enough. They're working. It's free marketing, really. What's it doing? But um, moving back on, we've talked enough about Trev and his food. Um, 
Chris, a, a month ago on our last podcast, you said mm. to me, ask me again in a month what you think Shields are going to do this <laughs> season. Now, it's probably just a little over a month. So the, the floor's yours, mate. The question was, do you think South Shields will get promoted? Um, and, and we said we would do this, the first podcast. And my answer is yes. Oh. I think um, early days, but the Christmas period... Um, uh, yes. She, whether, whether, <laughs> whether it's um, automatic promotion by winning the title or whether it's via the playoffs. That's not the question. I said automatically promoted. <laughs> Champions. Oh, um, I'm going to say yes. Do you because, think you're going to get automatic? And that's yeah, champions. We haven't been at our best this season. Um, for various reasons, really. I, I, maybe it's the odd five-minute spell here and there. Performances at Scarborough and Radcliffe for 20 minutes were brilliant. But on the whole, because of a lot of a lot of um, untimely injuries, suspensions, postponements, whatever, never really been at their best. And find, Shields find themselves two points off the top of the table. Um, with a game in hand on others and also with the top team to play very shortly. So the other clubs, they've dropped points left, right and centre. Um, I don't think Shields can play any worse than what they have. And so what I saw on the 27th and on New Year's Day leads me to believe that we're not too far away from being reasonably consistent. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, it will, Shields can go all the way now. I'm very, very impressed with um, JJ Hooper. I was going to ask you about him, how's he fitted in? Tremendous. Um, his He scored goals, but it's his um, intelligence, his intelligent runs, link of play has really impressed us. Um, his attitude's impressed us so far. Um, but we also... Uh, got ourselves a huge coup by um, signing Mitchell Rose from Yeovil Town, Danny Rose's brother, um, and he made his debut on the twenty seventh at Whitby. And he's not he commuting, moved. is he, from Yeovil? No, no, no. He's living in. The, <laughs> he's, he's he's living in one of the two South Shields own right. houses. Yeah. Um, and uh, on on that, considering it was his first game in months he trained with the club for two weeks he was a class above everything on the pitch he was unbelievable um his, his um, impact wasn't as great in the following game at home to Scarborough but it didn't have to be because the team played a lot better as a as a unit but um what's really exciting us is the fact that our game on Saturday was called off through COVID and injuries in the Shield squad it was another game which our normal fullback Jordan Hunter missed, uh, so that it's another game he, he's available for because he's back from injury in a couple of weeks. So we can get him back at fullback. Mitchell Rose can revert from fullback to central midfield. If we can keep Hooper and um, Darius aside, we're quite excited by that. So yeah, it's, so it's amazing team. when you sign a player that just gives that little burst of excitement. The thing about I spoke to Graham Fenton just before Christmas and. Uh, Mitchell had been training with the lads for a few days and he had a massive 
Fenton had a massive grin on his face, saying that this could this is like one of the final pieces of the jigsaw. Within within minutes of him joining the first training session, he was leading, he was the leader, he was dictating terms, and it's it's what we've lacked. And um, if he can provide that, it's um, it's a real coup for us to get those. On a so is there, yeah. How's the rest of the league looking out then at the moment? What's, what's the sort of rest of the Northern Premier looking like? Uh, yeah, any surprises? No, I think things are starting to just settle in where the teams who you thought would be up there are now up there. Um, the, the surprise is that no one, no one is actually making a concerted kind of consistent five, six game winning streak. Yeah. Where, um, Shields did that in the curtailed season and the season before when they lost in the playoffs, Farsley Celtic went on one of those runs and, and just churned out win after win. Buxton and, and Matlock just seemed to be dropping points. Mm. So it, it, it augurs well and it's a massive, massive four weeks coming up because it's um, Shields have got Buxton and Matlock, Warrington, all in the next four weeks. So it's 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 going to be a really pivotal three or four weeks coming up. Um, but I'm, I've been encouraged by what I saw over Christmas and uh, New Year. Now, what percentage are you guys at at the moment in league in general? Because I know the magic number being banded around with everything going on, which, you know, as it goes on, I like to think that with the C word, we might not mm. see any um, suspensions, but... They're all saying the 75% and your league chairman's been in the non-league paper a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. And it's very, to be fair, I know you've got your beef and your issues with him, but, you know, his, his articles have been very interesting. Um, and they're sort of saying about the 75% is unofficial. Nothing's been confirmed. And it's not just one club. So it's not just South Shields. The whole league has to be 75%. From what I understand, Worthing-wise, we're probably nine games away from that 75% as a Worthing club. Um Obviously, there's a few more in the league and stuff, but what's its situation at um, Shields? So Shields basically are at half halfway. The league is roughly at halfway. Um, one or two clubs have played 25 games. We've played 22. So there's a long way to go yet. But I'm going to stick my neck out and say, well, th- th- there aren't going to be any more... I think the time's passed now where we would have been worried. And I think we thank God we don't live in little Nic- Nicola's land up north of the border of you, a little bit closer than us. We don't live across the water in Northern Ireland. We don't live in the sheep land because um, I'm quite happy. Apologies for any uh, listeners. I don't want to cut you. I mean, you know, we don't really focus on those nations. Maybe we will in the future. So I apologize if we've got futures and I'm upset in here. But I'm no matter what we've all got our own we know we've got our own opinions of Boris and the government here and you know we're not going to get into the government but I'm quite thankful that they haven't imposed any restrictions on us and we can live on with the football because I know Trevor said it on WhatsApp I don't know if it's in the group or me personally I know Pete said it he's not here tonight but for me in this country you know we've got idiots like Jurgen Klopp moaning about the build-up of fixtures when you've got bloody non-league playing like three games in seven days yet they've got a full-time job where they're getting up I at blogged seven eight. I blogged it didn't I yeah you did mate yeah and the thing is it winds me the hell up because these guys are still doing it yet we haven't locked down so you know thank thank god that the government haven't locked us down because first of all i think no one would have abided by it i think it would have been a nightmare waiting to happen but you know if they'd started restricting look was it scotland 500 fans in a stadium i mean how ridiculous can you get i mean come on. 
Or was that Wales? No, Wales was 50. Wasn't Wales it? was 50. Scotland's 500. I mean, come on, guys. You've got Celtic Park, for God's That's sake. It. Rangers, Ibrox, you know, 500 people. You could even space them out, like rows blocked out, and you'd still be able to get five, 6,000 in those stadiums if you had to. It's just ridiculous. No, that's just political point scoring. It's done nothing to the COVID rates. <laughs> France. They're just as high as what they are in England. And speaking of Mark Harris, you know, the Northern Premier League chairman, as much as I've got, you know, kind of kind of beef with what happened two years ago, they've actually got something right. In yeah. That by... Um, Putting the fixtures in top heavy at the start, and um, they've got them, they've bought themselves time so that we're actually um, where we should be in terms of games played. We said this didn't we, a few yeah. months ago about the Northern Premier going top heavy, the Southern League going sort of middle, and the mm. issue just sort of like, you know, dragging their feet at the back of the yeah. classroom. Have there been many COVID postponements in the MPL as yeah. of late? Because yeah. we've had a handful, but we also think they're tactical. Possibly tactical. I mean, Southfields themselves um, couldn't fulfil a fixture. Weren't, on, weren't you on the way to that one, or was that another one? No, that's a, that was another one. That was, um, that was. I think we talked about Ashton in the last pod, actually. Ooh. No, no, the Ashton United was waterlogged pitch. Um, so it, yeah. it wasn't. But there's been, there's been a lot of games postponed, um, and but there was a lot of games postponed through um, waterlogged pitches at the weekend. Uh, We're at that time of year where the, tip, some of yeah. the pitches in the league are so... It's the same. It's the same down south. Like Worthing's last game against East Thurrock was postponed because of a waterlog pitch. But thank God, Thurrock were actually half decent and did it at nine o'clock in the morning. Yes. So, like the journey, you won't be aware. The journey from Worthing to Thurrock is probably about an hour and forty, hour Mm forty-five, just around the M25 across the Dartford Bridge. And uh, so I was quite glad. And as I said, I got an extra few hours in bed after a night shift, so I was quite happy of that. But we mentioned (laughs) Notts County at this point. What's that? And their trip to Dover. Oh yeah, what goal, Trev? Uh, well, they uh, they had um, communication from Dover. I think it was about eleven o'clock in the morning. Pitch was perfectly playable, no standing water. Um, referee then comes along about two hours later, decides the game's off. After I think I think the county team bus was about ten minutes away from Crabble, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and they had a similar issue at Kings Lynn not so long ago, within the last couple of weeks, I think, as well. So, um, yeah. It's poor. It is. It is. You know, especially you know when you got to come that length of journey down the country. Um, yeah. But you know, and there's no there's no respect, not just for the for the team that's travelled, for the supporters that have travelled all that way, and then have got to do it again. Yes. You know, later in the season and on a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday night, yeah. So, you know, Shields were meant to be. Um, where were we meant to be on Saturday? I was on Mickelover, Mickelover, um, Derbyshire. So um, that it's just an it's a basic M1 trip that one it's not too bad it's pretty direct down the M1 towards Derby. I love the way you say Mickelover. I mean we'd be so, uh, going to Mickelover. So yeah, Mickelover. I love that. Um, so it's one of the direct journeys where it's just basically A1 M1. It's pretty decent, um, but that's going to be a Tuesday night again. So. It's just a shame. It's like the same with Farrah. Cars going to be a Tuesday night and it's not the worst we could get because it is only just around the M25, but still probably better than Haringey or Wingate and Finchley right in the sort of north end of London because it's just off the M25. It's not too bad, but still it's going to Essex. um, And it's kind of like one of those things that you don't really want to do. But, you know, what will be will be. It's a a Tuesday night game. I don't mind a Tuesday night game. They're not the best team at the moment in the league. So hopefully we get three points. But I was quite looking forward to this game in any ways because we were in had just lost 
for the first time in a while against Karlsruhe Athletic, who are mid-table. We'd lost mm-hmm. 2-1. We played poor. The manager said we played poor. And I was thinking the game might be a ready-to-kick-them-in-the-bum sort of game and they'll sort of you know, fire the lads up by losing that game against Karlsruhe and then they'll come back with vengeance. Because we're still sitting pretty, four points clear. I think I think uh, Folkestone have a game in hand, which obviously could bring... But I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to look at the league table. But seven, but seven clear, isn't it? Folkestone win their game uh, in hand. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it is it seven clear? Four, and then if they five, win the game in hand, we'll be like, four. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're still sitting pretty at the top, but you don't like to lose when you're on a run against... Because as we all know, the fixtures that you need to win are these ones that are in the mid table because we seem to not play amazingly against the top sides. We haven't, we've had a bit of a mixed bag, but when we're all right against the bottom, but it's these mid table sides are the ones that are going to take points from you. Um, and I was, we were quite lucky. Obviously we had the, we had the Bogner game, which I know Trev, you couldn't get to. Um, but I was quite happy because uh, old Jackie P, the, the sort of legend that he is, the, Bogner manager I say legend through gritted teeth because uh, he's an absolute um, you know what and uh, they postponed due to waterlock pitch which was a very uh, surprising instant because uh, it rained more over the night after they postponed the match but they still had the game on the next day three players were missing from that game so I don't know if you've looked into Trevor thought about it but do you think maybe those players were off with COVID and they were hoping they might come back and, you know, test negative to go in the game because three of their players, but Worthing won 3-1 in the local derby, which was an amazing game. I wasn't going to be able to go to it because of the postponement I could, which was happy. I lost my voice. I was probably uh, frowned at by millions of uh, Bogner fans in their stand. But well, millions, I say there's hardly any Bogner fans, is there, Trev, to be fair? But um, obviously where we do the commentary is in the home stand. And when the second, we went 1-0 down and to come back and win 3-1 and I'm screaming, lost my voice. thought I had COVID because I'd lost my voice so badly. <laughs> That's what, were you, what, what were you screaming? Mind the gap? No, well, I was doing that, but I was also doing an impression of Jack Pierce. Because I don't know if you've seen the new stand, Trev. Have you been to Bogner? No, I, I haven't, Nice. So Jack Pierce now sits behind the dugout in the stand, and all you hear he sounds he sounds like that character from uh, the Muppets that goes meh, 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 like that, and he literally he just makes he's got a really weird voice, and so constantly I was just going whenever he was shouting I was just going meh, 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 meh. and Pete was getting really annoyed at me because all the Bogner fans were turning around and looking like what the hell is this guy, and obviously when we score against him it's a local team you're going to be buzzing aren't you, and I was probably going a bit overkill screaming like yes because I don't know if you remember. Uh, I had a certain uh, meme video made against about me, like slagging off Bogner over dry your eyes, mate, by uh, the streets, which I did a re- revenge video of the next day because it had to be done. But that was just amazing. And we, we went off that high. We thought, yeah, we're on a roll here. Like this is, it was a turning point when we beat Bogner on New Year's Day in um, the season that got null and voided that we thought like, this is our season. It seemed to turn it around for us. And it kind of felt that way. Like this is ours to lose now. And to go to Carl Shorten on the Monday after kind of play so poorly was so disappointing, but it's, it's, that's football for you. It literally is football for you. So the bounce back would have been great. I mean, it's funny this year. Cause there's no, I mean, Worthing are up there and we're, we're points clear at the moment, as you said, but there's no clear cut winner at the moment. I'm sure you could agree, Trev. Like I don't think Worthing are, like that, I don't think it's a given that they're going to win the league. A lot of the interviews for the managers are saying, "Look, it's their league to lose," and I think it's true. I think if we lose this league, if we don't get automatic promotion, then it's our, you know, it's our own fault, and it's a shame if it doesn't happen because of what's happened over the last couple of years. But I, I know Hinch, and you know Hinch. I think he's a good manager. I do think he'll turn it around. I think we've had a little blip. We've still got a couple. We've still got a couple of players to come back from injury. We've signed a couple of really promising players as well. So. 
it's exciting, but it's that frustration is that you kind of think too much about it when a game's been postponed. You just want the next one to happen. Uh, this weekend, hopefully, it will go ahead because it is at home. Obviously, we are on a plastic pitch, so we haven't got to worry about weather. So, fingers crossed. I mean, wouldn't it be nice that you know two of the sort of uh, PNLP teams could be promoted this season with South Shields and Worthing? And I think we'll have to now, even if we don't get into a, a match this season, I think we'll have to organise some summer get together or something midway yeah. in the country, maybe in Birmingham or something like. I mean, <laughs> we, we really want Birmingham, really. I don't really. Uh, Trev screws his face up. Well, where else can we do? It's quite nice. That's sort of halfway. Uh. I don't really know, really. You'd have to have a look at Google Maps because all that Midlands area is somewhere you don't really want to visit, isn't it? But... If you, yeah, you can miss it if you can help it. Especially the Derbyshire Peak District. Yeah. Well, anywhere that peaks from, you want to avoid, really, don't you? So to be fair, <laughs> he can't be on to defend himself. But that's a kind of a roundup. It will be an interesting. I won't. I, I, I think it's going to be a recurring theme that we'll ask Chris every week. Do you think Shields are going to get promoted every time we're on the air? I think it could be a recurring mm. thing because uh, it's now the business end really we've gone past christmas it's now the end where you start to get squeaky bum time you think it's that season where you're going to get so frustrated if you lose one and you know you gain points you lose points it's all going to happen and uh hopefully it will be what we want it to be very soon absolutely uh, i think that um, as i said earlier no one kind of took the bull by the horns and gone on a run to make, to create a gap in fact south shields have closed the gap over the last two two um match days so it's it's there for the take and it's still in South Shields hands and you'd yeah. like to think that they'll take it yeah but it's quite funny in, in our league Leverhead have sacked their manager and they've got a new one Luke Tufts so I thought a, a little pun has he got a tough job to do <laughs> get it yeah okay. no Okay. Never mind. Leave I did on. try. I, I did try. I did try. I don't know if Chris has just frozen on the screen or he's actually just like frozen <laughs> just through my amazing sense of humour. But he he has come out and said that he thinks he could get them out of the, the, the crap that they're in, basically. But I think Leverhead are kind of... How, how many points beyond are they? I don't know. Is it, I is mean, it East Thurrock and then Cray, isn't it? I'm sure Cray are on about like, 18 points. Leverhead are 12. Yeah, they're, they're, they're basically seven points adrift from safety with a minus 37 goal difference. Yeah, it's a big ask, isn't it? Big East Thurrock just above them, five points above them on a minus 34 and then Cray on 19. Dicko's Cray. But the thing is, at the end of the day, oh, there's a match actually going on at the moment. Seeing that, Kingstonia versus Carl Shorten, it's currently nil-nil. So, fingers crossed it stays like that because they're one of the teams below us. But saying that, um, I think Leverhead, sadly, I mean, talking to Will Seeger, who signed from Leverhead for Worthing this season, He's he's played for uh, Leverhead till this season since he was a kid, and he says, you know what? Sadly, he thinks you know too little, too late, and he thinks they're kind of probably gone. Like, yeah. but I think Leverhead won those clubs that always kind of punching above their weight. You know, they were doing very well, and you know the seasons have maybe saved them the last couple of years because of that. But we'll wait and see. It'll be an event. It'll be an interesting end to the season at both ends of the table. Just hopefully, Johnny, former PNLP Johnny, will uh, shut up about Horsham thinking they're going to get promoted because they win like two on the road and then lose and Dom the Paolo goes off his nut because they get three penalties against Worthing, but hold, you know, holding Bogner's hand in mid table, aren't they? At the moment? Yeah, exactly. It's like this: the, the 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 peasants of Sussex, you know, the posh ones up in Horsham, and then the the scum ones down the road in Bogner. They can't really uh, meet the the lovely middle ground of Worthing, can they? But hey ho, guys, we, we we've had some FA Cups uh, matches this past weekend. There's some really good results for non-league. Firstly, I'm going to touch on before we turn it in. What the hell are ITV and BBC doing? 
they're a bunch of morons because I'm not being funny. I think one of the guys in the group worked it out, but is it right that obviously we had Leeds West Ham on TV yesterday and we had Man United and Villa on TV yesterday. They're both on TV in the Premier League this coming weekend. Yeah. I don't know, but Villa and United are only playing tonight. They didn't play yeah. yesterday. Oh, sorry, tonight they're on right now as we record this. <laughs> but even yeah. so, they're on the TV again at the weekend on the yeah. Premier League. So the two matches, two of the big Premier League, well, I say big Premier League, two of the Premier League matches that have been done are on TV and Premier League matches this coming weekend. Why would you not have wanted to see that Kidderminster versus, you know, that amazing win by Kidderminster 2, Reading 1? <laughs> you, you've, see, got, see, you've got the... Uh, Go on. No, you've got the Barrow 4, Barnsley 5 after extra time. Boreham with 2, AFC Wimbledon nil. Well, after, after how well Barrow played against Ipswich, to me, they should have been nailed on to be on television. They were that good. It's almost um, ITV and BBC are frothing at the gas trying to get bloody well, it's just Premier League for free. Type, it? It's just reverting to type. They'll be thinking, who? what would people rather watch? Would they rather watch Aston Villa versus Man United or would they rather watch Reading against who were, you know. But you saying know. that, mate, saying that out loud, would you rather <laughs> watch that than Reading versus Kiddy? Nah. I'd rather watch Reddit. I'd watch Reddit any day. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But that's the whole thing. They go on about yeah. the magic but, of the cup. But, but, look, we are in our 30s and 40s and one or two, maybe 50s in the group. I don't know. <laughs> He's <laughs> off tonight. <laughs> but, but we grew up during a time when it really was the magic of the cup. Yeah. And these yeah. giant pulling acts were never on TV because there was no live TV when I was, a, you know, the, the mm. only live game that when I was a young, young kid was the FA Cup final. Yeah. So, so um, we always used to love listening about these giant killings on match of the day on Saturday night. But now they can put them on live. Don't want to know. And I, I, I just don't get it. I just, well, I do get it. I know what it's about. But are, we, um, are we at a point though where the FA Cup now should be pre-drawn so that no Premier League club can face each other. So there ain't going to be these wonderful Premier League games that BBC and ITV want to, you know, drool over and show that then they've got to then be a bit more... You say wonderful. I mean, Man United versus uh, uh, Aston Villa is just like, oh, if I think of the Premier League, that's my favourite match. (laughs) Don't forget, don't forget, BBC, ITV don't have rights for live Premier League games. BBC might have a couple, but anyway... um, it's their opportunity to have Premier League football on terrestrial TV. I do, I do, yeah. I do get that, yeah. But I mean, yeah. the amount of people that have got Sky these days, are you telling me mm. that the person that hasn't got a satellite yeah. dish knows yeah. somebody that 
you know, down the road, down the pub. Mm. You know, you'll yeah. find it anywhere these days, you know, down your local football club after, you know, before and after a game. But don't forget these TV companies, particularly ITV, have to sell advertising. So if you go to big companies and say, right, we've got um, Kidderminster versus Reading, or we've got Manchester United versus Aston Villa, um, the marketing director for Lever or whoever, and oh, well, we'll go for the Man United game. But surely you'd think that they'd want to get more people would be bothered watching. They're not football people, are they? They are Uh, marketing executives who want to get their pound of flesh for the money they give ITV. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the viewing figures though show how awful games, you know, that the only X amount of million tuned in rather than, you know, a mm. few extra million because you've not shown a game that's got, I mean, you know, neither game floated my boat. Not really. No. I mean, I watched the Forest no. and Arsenal game um, and I've, I, I switched off before the golden score, but my life, it was dire. It was, mm. it, it, you know, there was nothing in it that made me want to keep watching it. I can't think what I was doing something on the laptop at the time as well. Um <laughs> Pete's, Pete's not here to defend Forrest because I, I thought he Pete's didn't support. He, I thought he, I thought he supported uh, Worthing only, and then as soon as Arsenal lose to Forrest, oh well done, Forrest. Yeah, whatever, Pete. You know, <laughs> and um, I think I had the the West Ham Leeds game on for a bit as well. Again, none of it was really. I mean, to be honest, the Premier League hasn't floated my boat all season. I've uh, watched very little Tottenham same here, games. Mate, too fair. Um, you know, and I don't know if that's because there's you know the huge resurgence we've seen in the non-league game, and I'd rather you know, catch up on a bit of that or, you know, a bit of something else mm. in a paper or read something online about it or, you know, and that sort of thing. I, I don't know. But, um, I mean, I think, again, as well, you know, last year, they were all going on about how vital it was to have fans back in stadiums because we were playing in quiet stadiums and everything. And I, I thought, you know what, it's just the one chance they've got to actually make a difference. And then you look at this season... And you've got Newcastle away at Arsenal, 12.30 on a Saturday. And you think, really? You know, we're back to not putting the fan first again. So we've missed that opportunity in the Premier League, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, they ain't interested. Hence, we follow non-league football. Indeed. Indeed. Three o'clock on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're right. Unless it's raining. (laughs) <laughs> you go find another ground um taps talking about tv have any of you managed to watch the peter peter crouch save our beautiful game yet hang no. on peter crouch it's all about non-league football isn't it yes yeah it's about uh dulwich hamlet but haven't we got to pay 5.99 a month to watch discovery plus to watch it oh no if you've got sky you get it for free <laughs> oh do you yeah okay. have you got sky q uh yes yeah you should get it for free for a first year all oh, right, so and then they, re- got, they renewed, they renewed I mean, it. Mum's got to pay five ninety nine to watch it. Then, if she oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, it might be wrong, but as far as I know, Discovery Plus because it was free, and they they sent me an email saying we've renewed it for free for you. Uh, it's going to be paid. So, yeah, I I just saw someone put it on on um, yeah. on uh, Twitter a couple yeah. of weeks ago about like you know it's, it's about saving non league. Yeah, you got to go and pay <laughs> some money to actually watch. That's it. interesting. It's yeah, yeah, ironic, it's quite it? It's, it's, it is. Yeah, I guess for the person who hasn't got Sky, um, then it must be. Uh, it is a bit of an irony there. But I have to say, it's amazing because I, I, I actually completely forgot that Pete Crouch, his first competitive football was at Dulwich Hamlet when he came over. Spurs, yeah, yeah, on know from Spurs as a kid. So, you know, fair play to him. And you know what? I, I don't think he's going to be a Robbie Savage type of director of football type job because he seems to be just like, you know what Crouch is like? If you listen to his podcast, which I often do when it comes out, he's, he's seen and you see his TV show. He's a bit of a geeky type of like, mm-hmm. bit of a funny guy. And, you know, I think he's generally he's got, got a the good interest He's got to come back on Twitter though, isn't he? 
what was that? He's got uh, on well, just on anything. Oh, what when he just replies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He replies. I mean, because there's this thing like uh, Crouchy wants a. I think Crouchy wants a. Crouchy wants some pot nachos. That's it. He was doing. He apparently there's rumor goes around. He was interviewed on. I was listening on Chris Moles' show on Radio X. He came on to promote just for Christmas his TV show, and he said there's this famous sort of. It's almost like a urban myth. It was at the cinema when he was young with Abby. There was a long queue to get food. And then he went right to the front of the line, looked at everyone, and we looked at the guy behind the counter and went, Crouchy wants his nachos. And he went there and he said it never happened. He said it's such so funny, though. It never happened. But you look at the guy it was, you can imagine Peter Crouch is going to the front of the queue in front of everyone, like being a footballer, sort of cocky type of, you know what, going, Crouchy wants his nachos. And then going in and getting them and walking into the <laughs> cinema. But it's quite an myth. But to be honest, it's it's very good, you know, watching. And I, I love any sort of documentary on non-league because it doesn't get covered enough. And no matter what you think about Crouch, you think it's a publicity stunt, whatever, um, those listening, I think give it a look. If you can get Discovery Plus, yeah, if you have to pay six quid a month, then you know, it must be a, <laughs> there must be a free trial. So maybe leave it a few weeks till all the episodes are on there and then download it, do a free trial type thing. <laughs> There's plenty of different documentaries on there. Documentaries about Jimmy Savile and everything like that. If you take floats your boat, um, it's, it's Discovery Plus is quite good, but um Honestly, have have a watch of it, and I hope hopefully you guys get to see it because I, I really liked it. You know, it's Dulwich Hamlet really suffered throughout the pandemic. They had it, it was saying like their top floor of their clubhouse was a gym, and when the pandemic hit, the gym just quit the lease, moved out. There was a lashes and makeup like um you know hair extensions bit in there as well, completely cancelled the lease. So I think he the, the managing director said something like a third of their income has just gone straight mm-hmm. away from those leases being cut. And Crouchy kind of, although it's based on Dulwich Hamlet, he's kind of saying in sort of cutscenes and interviews that it's not just Dulwich Hamlet. This might be the club they're looking at, but this is going to be across the board in non-league. So it's brilliant to see a bit of thing. And I think I think Crouchy's a lot more loved than Robbie Savage. So if you can't put up with Robbie Savage, watch this one if you can. But um, it'd be interesting to know, chaps, the next time we get on, if you've had a chance to watch it and sit down, because I think you, I think you'll generally like it if you can get a go of it. Um, I think I'll probably watch the second episode tonight uh, after this, because uh, it is very good. But uh, save our beautiful game, Discovery Plus. Um, I think episode one and two are out now, but um, it'll be interesting to see because obviously if Worthing get promoted next season and Dulwich stay as they are, we'll be going to Dulwich Hamlet as a game. Uh, next season so it'd be very interesting to go mm. and see and see how the club's moved on but there we yeah. go yeah there we go on that yeah. note uh trevor um your little uh plug for your blog obviously being the sponsor of the um plp podcast for season football writing dot blog uh you did a live podcast this month uh was that under the football writing blog name or was that just on your own personal tk sort of no profile? not really I, well last uh when i did them not last year the year before i did link them all onto the blog page and i haven't actually put i've not actually put this one on yet but i will oh. do well let's just let's just touch on then the fact that you've hit i set him a target last year well i set him a target rigid 50 grand 50k of visits and he said oh, i might be too much and he's hit 35k for this year or 36 as he corrected me earlier so well done for that um you know what 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 is your I, i've noticed you've started asking for a bit of sponsorship like what's your plans for 2022 on the blog um well obviously i need to set another target um are we doing are we doing 50k this year then <laughs> again i was well, let's set it on let's set it on here chris what are you saying then it's not just me that gets to like be the like person on the chopping board this year what are we saying in 12 months how 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 far have you increased uh th- this year was 36 last year was 21 thousand 
So surely well, 50 is an achievable target. 50, well, 50 is... Yeah. I was going to be about 40, 42,000. Yeah, I'd say somewhere around about just over 40 is going to be mm. um, achievable. I mean, the thing is, I look at it as in like last year as well. It's like a, it's like a labour of love and profile building. There was no being paid for it. Um, and there were times where I'm, where I'm sitting there thinking, I've only done two this week or something. I really need to do another one. Um, can you monetize it though? Is yes, there a way of monetizing it? What I wanted, which is what I'm going to do this year. Um, it's quite how I do it into whether I can do it just for, um, I can do a separate price for just something I'm blogging or I can charge more, <clears throat> excuse me, for example, if I'm going out and I'm interviewing Hinch or I'm going up <clears throat> to Barnet to see Dean Brennan or, you know, wherever I'm doing, whoever I'm speaking to. Um, I don't quite yet, yet know. I've got a donation button on there, which at any point anyone can just whack on whatever they want, you know, one-time amount. Have you looked at Patreon and stuff like that? You know, those sort of Patreon, it's kind of like a fans sort of, it's not like OnlyFans, but it's an OnlyFans for like professionals and like, you know, a lot of YouTubers use it like for like, you know, you get more premium content, like no, that subscriptions. This one's actually go, goes through WordPress itself. So I haven't had to do anything different apart from set up an account, yeah. which it just runs the money. Yeah, of course. Things. It might be worth looking into Patreon. It might be too early, but, you know, if you become quite popular, a lot of sort of brands are starting to do it, like, you know, football brands, like media brands, you know, people that do vlogs and stuff, they're starting to do like, so maybe if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get an extra one or two little uh, vlogs or pods or something yeah. like that See, for I can your do, subscription. I can, do some, um, I can do subscription-based content, which makes that yeah. payable for people and that only, which could be something I just do when I go interviewing people. What I've got to try and balance it, this year is working full time whilst trying to put that sort of content together. Mm. Which yeah, it's a is fine line, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. So, um, but the the idea was always actually, I think last year would have been a monetizing year, but with COVID setting everything back a year for everyone, um, it's going to be this year instead of next year. Um, you know, the brand's built itself well enough over the last two years comfortably. You know, thirty, nearly thirty-seven thousand people coming in a year. Tells you I'm doing something right somewhere. Yeah. Well, so going back to it then, Chris, going you say you say forty thousand. Mm. I'll say forty-five. Should I'll we do say 40, 42. 40, forty-two and a half thousand then? Forty-two and a half. Yeah. We're doing forty-two and a half thousand. Yeah, forty-two yeah. and a half then. Yeah, yeah forty-two and a half thousand. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was working. Uh, I looked at fifty and worked out what I'd need to do. And a limit, month. a limit of two blogs about Barnet over the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depends where i go mate doesn't it it's not always just about the games though it's the it's i did i did i did wind him up, up saying like you know what i should take away about ten thousand of those views because half of that like, ten thousand of those views are about barnet <laughs> <laughs> yeah but there's nothing else going on last year that's no, true yeah you, you were very you lucky about? you were very lucky, and yeah, and very and lucky. I'll, I'll let you off i'll let you off. I, you know and to be honest i don't think any any other club gave you as much content last season as barnet yeah did, but they were a bit of the laughing stock of the yeah they, league, yeah, they were they? Um, uh, you totally know, hope which, you'll sort it out soon. But you know, which, that's which totally though, out of that period came the friendship I had with Scott Loach, who was Barnes goalkeeper last year and Chester this year. Friend, yeah. Um, and that's who I sat down with last week before yeah, he faced Chelsea at the weekend. 
and he let let five in. But hey ho, we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's quite used to letting. We'll blame we'll blame we'll blame Trev for that. Yeah, if he, he hadn't interviewed Trev, he would have had a clean in, though, sheet. When he's playing for Barnet, so you yeah. know, hammering's nothing. Yeah, nothing yeah, new exactly. For him. There we go. There we go. But no, yeah, continue your good work, mate. Forty two and a half thousand. It was on this episode recorded on the tenth of January, twenty twenty two. We'll revisit that at the thirty first of December. 2022 on New Year's Eve and see if he's hit it. And uh, what what's the forfeit? He wanted a present. I think I think Chris, we should make him have a forfeit. Should we run around uh, the hive naked? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but the only thing is though, James, is that I can create enough content to make forty two and a half thousand. So forfeit isn't going to work because I can keep I can bang a yeah, it. Well, but a then if it if it pushes you up, then mate, then it's a good thing to uh, push you on to get to that target and maybe even smash that target. I'll, Should we do four? Be... We'll do forty-two and a half thousand, and then we'll have a stretch goal of fifty thousand. There we go. <laughs> the stretch goal. We'll have to think of what 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 the benefits are. You can have a you can have one of the physios, the ex physio at Worthing, give him a massage or something like that. That'd be worth the stretch goal in itself, surely. There we go. Yeah, it is lovely, mate. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Pete, Pete, just asked, if Pete was on the line, we'd be able to rip him even more because he was really gutted when he couldn't bid for a massage when we did the crowdfunder a couple of years ago. He was going to bid for the uh, massage. Bear in mind, it's a sports massage. But you know what Pete's like? I mean, you don't actually really know what Pete's like. If you met him, you'd know what Pete's like. And uh, he's not here to defend himself. So I can get, get away with it. Yeah, with Holly. And uh, he was. He said in the group, the Worthing Grap, I'm going to bid for one. They got there and then three of them all gone by that. But hey. <laughs> There you go, Pete. Now, now our physio is male, so maybe Pete would like a male massage instead. <laughs> we'll leave that before I get myself into trouble and uh, a very pissed off Pete. But hey ho, uh, guys, we were going to touch on just before we wrap it up about um, the abuse and stuff we've seen coming across non-leagues. It's still rife. It happened at Dorking Wanderers Reserve Team where the referee had to cancel the game, and another friend of Trevor's wasn't he, the referee, and he had to. Uh, cancel that and uh you know seen it uh Bogner's keeper whether rightly or wrongly uh, tweeted about abuse that may have been racial or not we don't know he's come out and said it wasn't racial but there was a lot of abuse with certain fans but Chris you had a question you said off air what's that question you're posing to us um do you think that um football well I'm not going to call them supporters but followers um, are using non-league as an easy bit of leverage to get into grounds to cause trouble. Bearing in mind, they've been they'll have been given banning orders from professional clubs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I said yeah. We started talking about this off end, so to bring it on, like I know for a fact through being on Sports Association of Worthing and um, obviously knowing the management that they were discussing after a few games before the non avoided, there was a specific game that Trevor went to with myself and Pete uh, uh, against Three Bridges, literally the last match of the competitive season before last. Um, that was null and void. It was our last game. It was the Sussex Senior Cup. There was a, a fan. I say, oh, he's not a fan. He literally isn't a fan. He's a follower. I think you say mm-hmm. a follower of Worthing um, that was doing cocaine behind the goals, abusing the keeper, interfering with the net. And I don't know if Worthing ever got fined by that, but this is the problem as well, is these idiots come along to the games and they could cause the club financial problems because of their behaviour. They're not real fans. No. But again, how do we control it? He got banned from the club, but the lucky man, he got banned for a year and I saw him at the last away game. And it's it's one of those things that he, he's not a fan because if you're behaving like that, you're not a fan of the club. You're causing problems and... I know for a fact they talked after that incident that they were talking to liaise with maybe Portsmouth FC, Brighton FC on the South Coast, possibly even Crystal Palace to see 
<laughs> who have been banned from their grounds. But as Trev quite rightly said, how are they ever going to be able to stop them unless you're ticketing all online? Absolutely. It, it's in, without having the policing infrastructure that you get in top flight football and you know high football league, it's impossible. You, you're expecting volunteer turnstile operators to become semi-security guards. It's it's um, it's, it's impossible. I mean, it, um, South Shields' last home game, you know, versus Scarborough, there were Scarborough followers there who were completely, completely off their heads on a mixture of whatever they were on, um, just there to cause trouble. I mean, they, they literally were there to cause trouble and they caused it. Kid ended up in hospital, sadly. Thankfully, he's okay, but it, it's... It, he'd been... This, this, these lads are banned from Scarborough, from home games, banned from the travel club. But obviously, it's not a, it's not a long journey from Scarborough to South Shields. You can get there of your own, on your own steam. And they, clearly they did and and went to cause trouble. How do you, you, there's no way of stopping these people without having the police infrastructure that you get high up. No, it's true because I, I generally think that they're not fans. Some some of these people that come along to these games, it's always for us, it's the big fat, it's the big games like Bogner, mm. Horsham, Folkestone at the top of the league before we went none avoid. And I think they have a little few, many moments watching Danny Dyer films the night before the real yeah. football factories, football factory, Green Street. I think that's what football's all about because they come, they disrupt, you know, a couple of years ago we did Bogner and Worthing fans often, they meet at the railway pub, which is outside Bogner station. They meet, they then march to the ground about quarter past two, which is about a 10 minute walk from the station. Uh, I walked from two years ago so before Pete and I were doing commentary and people have been idiots. Like obviously, I don't know if South Shields have it, but quite a lot of the Worthing fans have little stickers that you just put on. Uh, Worthing were here, you know. Sit, I don't know if Shields have a section to do that, but they stick it on away yeah. stands, they stick it in like away towns, kind of just like a, a non really, a non, yeah, it can be removed. It's, I guess, it's semi graffiti, but they just stick it on. It can be peeled off, but they stick it on around the grounds when they go. But the idiots have got a load of them. These fans that have never been fans before, like, well, I've never seen them before. They were sticking them on car windscreens, car wing mirrors, kicking wing mirrors and stuff, and like, you know, folding them in. And one of the usual guys, grabbed one of them and said what the hell are you doing what and then all of his mates just ganged up on him and it's Biggs is as, as, as uh, uh trev knows Biggs. He's a, he's a gentle giant he's a good guy he loves worthing but he grabbed him and said what the hell are you doing these idiots ganged up against him always pushing him around like threatening his own fan and it ruined the event for him and he, i'm sure he won't mind saying it it's me saying it but i was so angry because it's like why are these idiots being allowed to come to the game and abuse. And this season at Bogner, the, the keeper was like tweeted out Bogner's keeper. He was abused um, in a match. It wasn't racial, as he later come out and said. But, you know, the, the club were tweeting that it was racial, racial making announcements. But what actually happened is some fan, follower, whatever you say, was calling the CU next Tuesday behind the goal constantly for 90 minutes. Mm. And it got to a point where I think the keeper just had enough. And Keepers have to, you know, keepers have to have a backbone. They really do because they're going to get abused. It's it, most of the time it's banter, but then there's one person that takes it too far, and no one recognises this kid. And it, could, but leaves me to the point: is he someone that's been banned from Brighton? Is he someone that's been banned from Palace, mm. Portsmouth, any of the sort of South London clubs? And thought, let's go to Worthing, Bognor, South Coast Derby. Let's go with the Worthing fans, away fans, cause a bit of abuse. 
but yeah, the normal Joe blogs that goes to Worthing every week as the one that has to suffer. Yeah. I saw, I was saying to you guys though when I was at Ebsley a couple of weeks before Christmas, um, just standing down from from where I was was a group of group of blokes that were giving the keeper some abuse. This is from the sideline, not from behind the goal. Um, and um, I, I assume someone complained about it in the second half because there were a couple of stewards that came and stood like close by every sort of like ten minutes or so. Um, but some of it was it was good natured to I was like, well, say good natured start was you know as usual abuse a goalkeeper would get if he was you know behind a way fan in front of a way fan sorry you know uh, behind his goal. But then it started moving into you know offensive swear words every single second word coming out and you know one of the blokes had brought his kids with him five or six years old you know and I was just standing there thinking you know when I used to get taken to a game by my dad when I was eight or nine when he first started taking me to non-league football you didn't get that I can remember I can remember a game in the FA Trophy when Bishop Auckland came down to to Dartford and didn't appreciate Dartford turning them over on the pitch and started hurling concrete blocks and bits and pieces and mm-hmm. I've been poked by rocks up at Carlisle because they weren't keen on us turning them over up there. But, you know, you don't you don't tend to get it at non-league football. And I think you're quite right, Chris, in saying that some of these followers are mm. attaching themselves, but it's it's much harder for a non-league club to, to, you know, to police it, especially below the National League levels, because you still get police involved I've, I've been to Barnet games where I've turned up as an away fan I'm like why is there a contingent of Met Police in the corner you know we're hundreds of miles up the country um, yeah. and they've obviously heard a little whisper that people do attach themselves you know we've had it a few times at some of the grounds we've played at Millwall being one Oh, that, um, did you see that video going viral at the weekend the Millwall Palace match and I've been to Millwall Charlton once and there's a section right in front of the away stand in the lower tier. All they do for the whole match, they don't even watch the game. They're standing there trying to point people out, pointing outside after, like calling them, you know what, every swear under the sun. And I feel like, what is the point? Like you mm-hmm. literally, and you know for a fact they probably won't go and meet them after. Because if you go to Millwall, there's no way of even mixing with the home fans. Because right. you always away fans get cold blow lane, takes them straight to the station and that's yeah. it. And they're escorted by police. So yeah. why they're doing that the whole match, effing, blinding, the you know what sign and, you know, going pointing outside. But literally there's a video of them, the whole match is like, get a life. I've seen, yeah, I've seen people do it. I've seen people do it at, at non-league games as well, where it's segregated. Um, you know, some, I mean, um, before the... Um, uh, when we sort of had smaller crowds at Barney, they haven't always put them in the north stand behind the goal. They've had two sections of the, uh, you know, west stand, the uh, legend stands where we sat when we read James. Um, you know, all, all, all you got separating it is a few stewards and just a piece of whatever, you know, the tarpaulin or whatever they put across the seats. Um, you know, and that's it. And I've seen, I've seen people that have just like, you know, sitting there come down thinking, you know, there's game football going on out there. That's what most of us come to watch. But, you know, if that's your, if that's your thing, can't you go and find a fight in a local park or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's it. And it's just, it's quite sad because it, I think, as I said, I know a joke about it, but I think too many little youngsters watch Danny Dyer films the night before these games and think, let's get a best Stone Island jacket on. It used to be Burberry. Mm-hmm. Let's get Stone Island on. <laughs> Try and get into ruck, pose with all my mates, underage drinking, thinking they're hard. But the thing is, is you know, all clubs have got them. I'm sure Barnet have got them. I'm sure Shields have got them. I'm sure mm-hmm. Charlton, Sunderland, Spurs, they've all got these little got sections of fans that think they're the next Danny Dyer. And it's like, you know, it's quite pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, they only need to watch things on viral videos. I mean, Fenerbahce versus Galatasaray recently. Mm. There was a video that went round. The police actually had to stand over the corner flag where he was taking the corner uh, in the opposite end because he was getting pelted by bottles. Now, if that was in England, that game probably would have been uh, postponed or abandoned because of that. But they just put our fit in those countries. And whilst you say, yeah, but that's a real rivalry, I still think does football really... It's like when you could go into Celtic and Rangers, it's all about religion. Do they really need to hate you know you could work with some geezer in monday to friday and then one's rangers one celtic and actually go and beat the you know living you know what out of him because he's he's catholic or protestant and it's mm-hmm. just it, it's crazy when you look at it and that, that's going deeper into the game but you know you're just starting to see it in non-league and it's starting to really bring a sour taste to it because we shouldn't have to be dealing with that too many times this season when i've been on commentary with pete we've had to say you know these idiots aren't part of the club yeah but unfortunately they have to we get punished because they're part of the club singing. It's not on. That's correct. And it's just anyway, such a shame. Anyway, it's mm. it's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let, let's let's hope these idiots don't take it away from us. Eh? You started it. You started it. You started it. Um, anyway, let's let's move on. Just one last thing before we start wrap up. Unless you guys got anything, we always we're, we're very quick in slagging off Wrexham and Ryan Reynolds and what's the other uh, Rob, El- Rob, El- El- Rob McElhenney. Yeah. Rob McElhenney. But saying that, I read this week and it was also in the non-league paper, it was in the Metro, that they've donated themselves personally £10,000 to a charity for their player, Jordan Davis, whose child was unfortunately stillborn. And they uh, set up a GoFundMe page for a stillborn charity. And the McKelneys and uh, the, um, whatever his name is, what I just said it to, Reynolds family both donated 10 grand. So fair play to them. You know, we, we we still think I still think it's a mess that whole Wrexham scenario, and they're going to learn the hard way. But you know, at least at least they're supporting their own players like that by donating. So we have to give protect tip our hat of that, don't you think, chaps? Yeah, very much. So. Yeah, very much. So, have you guys got anything to add? Little funny clips last before sort of end it on a little bit of a high. Any shout outs or anything like that, or anything you've noticed funny over the clips. period? God, no, <laughs> no. No, just want to get back. Useless. To Saturday's game Useless. was postponed. Want to get when's, when? When? When's your next game this Saturday? Saturday, home to Radcliffe, and Radcliffe. Um, it's, uh, it's a um, game that Shields should go into with great confidence. Turn them over, score, we put four past them at their place in September, but they turned us over at our place last season. So, um, but if Shields want to, you know, make their title claims, it's a game on Saturday they really ought to be winning. I, I could probably say that about Worthing because we've got Leverhead, as we discussed earlier mm. in the programme, who are bottom of the table. Mm. But they've just got a new manager, so can they have the, do they have that little bounce back thing? But as Trev would say, Worthing should be spanking Leverhead the way they've been playing, shouldn't they? Mm. Yeah, realistically, but, they should do. But um, we've had now a week, week off, week and a yeah, bit. Yeah, we've had a week off. And I think Worthing have done a couple of training sessions. I think they did, they might have done an extra one on Saturday yeah. because of that. So, you know, hopefully it gets them in, gets them gelled. Um, couple of players that we signed are getting more and more into it every week we played. So fingers crossed. And I've got the choice of about six games tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So yeah, but only, but, but only one's on plastic. <laughs> where where are you thinking? Uh well Pagham Pagham have got a pitch inspection about twelve o'clock tomorrow. Um East Preston have got Littlehampton. Uh and they've got a soggy pitch, although they've tweeted since we've been on air both of them that the pitch is all right provided there's no more heavy rain before tomorrow. Uh, it looks quite. It looks all right outside. It does at the cold, moment. Yeah. yeah, Chichester got Stenning. Uh, who else? Corinthian got Seven Oaks in the Velocity Trophy. 
Yeah. Um, Met Police have got Farnborough, which is second against first in the um, Southern League. I'm quite tempted by that one, plus a right for Met Police as well. Um, and then the one on Plastics, Horsham and Infield Town, which, you know, definitely going to go ahead. So, yeah. Mm, one of those six. And I've got to miss out on Loach's return to the Hive on Saturday as well, because they've moved it from a Tuesday night to this coming weekend. And I'm otherwise engaged this weekend. So I can't go and see my friend at the Hive. Oh, what a shame! I know I might, make, I might have to make it to Maidenhead in two weeks instead. Are you are you doing are you doing anything this weekend? You said or not? No, I'm away this weekend, so I've got a new game this weekend. Oh, there we go. Uh, we've got. Uh, I think by the next time we go on air, I think Worthing have got uh, Bogner again in the cup. In the yeah, Sussex next cup. Tuesday, isn't it? week on Tuesday. So yeah, I've got. Are you you are you possibly going to that one? Uh yeah, then I saw it clash with so that might be the Maidenhead Chesterfield game. So oh really? I See, I, I I'm on standby, so I don't know if I'll be able to get to that. So if I'm if I'm if I'm not called, I'll be there. If I'm if I am called, I won't be there. If you know what I mean. So uh, I've already seen the, the one that matters this season because although obviously you want to beat your local rivals, it's only the Sussex Cup. I don't really care. We'll probably both teams will probably be playing a sort of reservish team anyway. So I can't see them putting full strength teams out. Well, I don't know. It's a local derby. I think they will. Mm. I think they'll go strong. You reckon? It'd be interesting. Yeah. But then I guess Hinch might be of the, the sort of understanding that if I put my top team out and they get injured, mm. I'm shooting myself in the league. That that that's you know. Uh, yeah, maybe. But I mean, then again, I think got... we'll see more fringe players in first team. But I think it won't be a weak team. No, well, I no. Think you might see some of them in under it? 18s and that yeah. lot, you know. It's a strong so. squad, though, isn't it? Yeah, so. it is a very strong, so it's quite deep as well. So we won't yeah. see. But, but, uh, but, chaps, it's been it's been a pleasure. Um, Happy New Year, uh, best for 2022. Let's hope we uh, end the season's podcast with promotions for Barnet. Ain't going to get there, I don't think. But you never know. Uh, uh, mid table, mid table, build well, building you know for what? the future. Do you know what? We've nearly got more points already this season than we managed in the whole of last year there you go so it's obviously looking positive and all you need to do is go on a run and you hit the playoffs and you hit there so a lot of teams do it so you never know i think we need more than a run we need a flipping sprint yeah (laughs) but i think i think as uh as as us as a will then hopefully you'll get some glory obviously I know, obviously, you, Trev, and uh, Gaz do uh, have got an affection for Worthing, so obviously you'd love us to see promotion, and obviously we'd like to see Shields get up there. But mm-hmm. we're, we're halfway through. Well, we're halfway through the season. It's all looking rosy so far. We're in the positions we want to be. Maybe Shields not as much, but they're on the way up, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be another interesting next sort of four or five months of the PNLP. I'm sure there'll be plenty of stories to talk about. But again, guys, glad you're in good health. Stay safe. And uh, I guess we could end it with the usual. Be seeing you. <laughs> Are you PNLP? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.